in 2024. Can you believe it, man? We're all seven days into this thing. It's just like crazy. Speed, man, it's just happening. And I'm so glad to be here. I love your pastor. Ashley's one of my bestest friends. We've hiked the Grand Canyon together. Chances are he's actually said that here from behind the pulpit and used my name in vain, all right, um, in doing so. And, uh, and so um, we've, we've almost died together in a big ditch called the Grand Canyon. And uh, so that's what bonded us together and just been good friends for a long, long time. And very thankful that I get to hang out with you guys on the first day, first Sunday of 2024. And what we're going to talk about today, I think, can have a, an impact on your whole year, okay? These are the things, if we just, just do what the Father says, in this matter that we're going to talk about today, I think you'll be just pleasantly surprised how your life will be so much better at the end of this year, okay? How many of you would say that you would love to have more time, maybe to yourself, to rest, or to do something that you enjoy, just something you enjoy. There you go. One honest person in the whole group right there. There we go. Three. Okay. How many of you would say, I'd love to have more time to spend with the people that I love? Just raise your hand. Just people that you love. Okay. And less time with the people you don't love. No, I'm just joking about that. How many would you like just, and you don't have to raise your hand on this. Okay. But how many would like to just have more time with God? I mean, I'd like to have more time to just spend with God. Or how many would you say, if I just had more time Man, that would be awesome if I just had more time. But in truth, and if the truth would be known, if you actually had more time, if God somehow said, poof, you got 25 hours in a day instead of 24, it's very unlikely that most of us would actually spend our time doing the important things. And reality is our culture has, an, uh, has a, a way of just overwhelming us with stuff that removes margin from our lives. Now, what is margin? Margin is the amount available beyond what is necessary. That's what margin is. In sales, margin is the difference between net sales and the cost of goods. That's what a margin is. In our financial lives, it would be having more income than expenses, right? That's, that's a good thing, right? To have more income than expenses. On paper, on, on writing paper, the margin is um, what's the empty spaces on the side of paper. In our scheduling lives, margin is having more than enough time. It's having extra time. You'd be having time to help someone in need without freaking out, going, man, I really don't have time for this right now. I've got so many other things to do. Margin would be having time to just listen to your children. Time, margin would be having enough time to rest, to relax, and to reflect. Margin is having a great amount of time with people that you love, not always fighting because you can't seem to connect intimately. Margin is having plenty of quality time with the creator and the sustainer of this universe and your soul, time with God. So how do I create time or how do I create margin in my busy life in 2024? Ephesians 
chapter 5, verses 15 through 17, tells us exactly how to do that. And the writer to this letter to these brothers and sisters that are in Ephesus, um, Paul tells them in, in this, what we have is chapter 5, that we are to walk as children of God. In verse 8, he tells us that we are to walk in the light of the Lord as children of life. In verse 10, he tells us we are to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. So then, how should we live? How are we told to live? Ephesians chapter 5. 15 through 17 says this, Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of your time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And he uses some words to kind of get our attention. First thing he says is to look. And the word look means to direct one's gaze in a specific direction. Okay, to look, to, to just like, okay, I'm going to fix my gaze on a certain thing. But he also says not only to look, but he uses the word carefully, which means to be very attentive to detail. Not just glance, but to look carefully, to look intently. This morning, I drove from my house in North Peoria down here this morning, and praise God, surprisingly, you'll be surprised, okay, I had plenty of margin in order to do that because you never know what's going to happen on I-10, right? It's like all the crazies in Arizona often drive on I-10, and somebody has a wreck, and you don't know what's, you know, how long it's going to take to get down here. And so I got myself, I said, I got plenty of time. I'm going to relax. You know, I'm going to stop at, at Love's and get a diet soda, fill up with gas, and use the restroom like I normally do because I'm old and I can't go that long. And uh, um, so, you know, I, I've got plenty of time coming down here. But as I'm driving down here, going mostly the speed limit, Okay, um, I, uh, I, I, I have to constantly look carefully at the road that is around me. You know what it's like, right? you got to look carefully. I mean, you can't just glance and, you know, I think I'm just going to drive like this. No, you look intently, you look carefully so that you don't run off the road, right? That's what you're doing. So when it comes to how I live, what does that look like? It means to look accurately from your furthest point. So pick out in your mind the furthest point of, and where you want to be. And then what would you what would be your preferred future look like? Let me give you an example, okay? Visualize yourself at the end of 2024. We're on December the 31st, 2024. And on D December the 31st, what would you say? What would you say that this is what I got accomplished? What what do you want to say is, this is what I did, or this is where I made a difference? I mean, looking now on the seventh day of January, we have a whole year till December the 31st. And at the December 31st, you want to look and go, you know what, this is what I got accomplished. This is what I was able to do. This is how I was able to make a difference in people's lives and in my own life. So that's what we're talking about being very careful. He says, be very careful. Why careful attention? Because there's a natural pull away from the most important thing to the lesser important things of this world. And we have to fight against the pull. Amen? We have to fight against that. Paul contrasts in this passage foolishness and wisdom. The word foolish here means ignorance that leads 
to a crazed life. Ignorance that leads to a crazed life. He said, be very careful. Observe how you are living. Because you do not want to live a life of a foolish person that just has this crazed schedule, this crazed life. When I was driving down here, this, my car, I love my car. My car has an a, uh, Apple Play on it. And Apple Play, it, three times coming down here, it said, warning, speed check ahead. I love that. It tells me you need to slow down. Right? Because the popo is just around the corner. That's what it means. That's what it's saying. And so I'm going, okay, I got to slow down and I need to kind of relax. Why? Because I don't want to be foolish. I don't want to be foolish. Foolish again is the ignorance that leads to a crazed, frantic life. Now, looking at your thinking of your schedule, thinking of your life plan, is that you? Your life is just crazy. Your life is just frantic. He warns us. He warns them and us that our default stance of living is not wisdom, it's foolishness. He says, be careful then how you live. Be careful then how you plan. Be careful then of what you say yes to and what you say no to. Be very, very careful to fight against the pull of this culture he goes on to say, making the best use of your time. The word best use means most advantageous. What is it in my life that's most advantageous? The Greek word means to buy or to redeem. That's what it means. So I'm going to redeem my time. Have you ever, you've all heard, right? People ask, how are you spending your time? And why is that phrase used that way? Why are you spending your time? Because spending time is a transaction. You're giving your time for something, Right? That's what you're doing. You're giving your time a, a limited commodity for something. In the best, in the book called The Best Question Ever, the author wrote this question. The better question is to ask when it comes to scheduling is not whether it is right or wrong or if it's free. But a better question would be this. Is it wise? So in your mind, please fill in the blank, okay? In light of blank, is it wise? In light of your future plans and dreams, is adding this event or adding this thing, is it wise? James chapter 4, verses 13 through 14, describes it like this. It says, now then, you say, today or tomorrow, we will go into such and such a town and spend a year there and trade and make a profit. Yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life? For you are a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes. So in light of the fact that life is precious, that it is short, and every day is a gift from God, in light of that fact, is it wise that we invest our time in this? Is it wise? Not whether it's right, not whether it's wrong or whether or not you have time to do it. The question is, is it wise? And we must learn to have the courage and the faith to say no to the many good things so that we can say yes to the best things. Now, my wife hates this statement, but she uses it on me and I use it on her all the time, okay? That's why she hates this statement. Saying yes to something means saying no to something else. Isn't that true? 
Saying yes to something means saying no to something else. Saying yes to the purchase of this item means saying no to something else. Saying yes to this schedule means saying no to something else. But also the opposite of truth, saying no to something means that I have margin to say yes to something else, to, some, to invest a, a better in people's lives, to have time to reflect, to relax, to enjoy family and relationship by saying no to certain things. Romans chapter 12, verse 2 says this. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. The closer I am to God, the more important I am that um, uh, more important I am than uh, meeting culture. The closer I am to the heartbeat of God, the more different we live and invest our time than do so many other people. When people say to you, you know, you Christians are so weird. You've got to say thank you. Because normal isn't working, is it? I mean, what's normal in marriage? Divorce. What's normal in kids? Rebellion. What's normal in relationships? Emptiness. When it comes to scheduling, what is normal? Being overwhelmed, overworked, overstressed, being miserable, being busy, yet being empty, that is normal. And I don't know about you, but I don't want to be normal. I don't want to be normal. So when we meet someone, we've always start, whenever you meet with someone, it happens probably today, okay? Someone asked you, right, shook your hand or gave you a hug and said, how you doing? And when I'm, I'm, I'm I, um, I, my background, I moved out here from Oklahoma in 1996 to start Mountain Ridge Baptist Church in Glendale. So I've been here since 1996. Some of y'all weren't even born yet, okay? So I was the lead pastor until about uh, five, six years ago, and then my co-pastor became the lead pastor, and I became the lead greeter for the 915 service, okay? That's why it's, it's a giftedness thing, okay? And uh, um, he's, a, he's a better better everything. I'm, I'm a really good greeter. And so um, um, I'm an amazing greeter, actually. And, uh, and so and I greet people at my church. I shake people's hand. And I go, man, how you doing? And they go, yeah, nine times out of ten, they do this. I'm busy. I'm busy. Busy. Why? Because important people are busy, and we don't want people to think that we're losers. <laughs> right? That's why we say that. But busyness does not equal importance. Busyness does not equal meaning. In fact, I would argue that so many people are being robbed of a life of meaning, not because they're not committed, but because they're overcommitted and not using their time wisely. And when we don't use our time wisely, there are two things that are very important to your success in 2024. That if you don't use your time wisely, if you don't have margin in your life, these things get squeezed out of your life almost instantly. And these two are the most important ingredients that often get squeezed out of your life. Number one, if you don't have margin, is first is your intimacy, intimate time with God. Your intimate time with God. Intimate and consistent time, uh, realigning daily with God 
Because by nature, our hearts are out of alignment. When we say we don't have margin, what do we do? We stop having our time with the Lord. We stop. I want to encourage you this week, okay? Do what Matthew chapter 6, verse 33 says. It says, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. It's kind of like a tithe, right? We know about tithing. We give here at this church. We set aside um, um, our, the first fruits of our income, right? And he blesses the rest. Most of you who have been faithful givers to this church and to the kingdom of God know that to be true. The Father always seems to give more than what we give. It's just inevitable. I don't know how he does it. It's just God's economy. He does it. He tells us that we are to seek first in our daily schedule as well, and the rest of our day will align with the heartbeat of God. So if I, I want to challenge you oh, this week, for the first 15 minutes of your day, just be in the presence of God. If you have to, get up, make your coffee, spend time with God, okay? Open up God's Word uh, daily this week, first thing, and just take it in. Realign your heart with the things of God, and watch how the rest of your day is more productive and more, um, you're more in the center of God's will because he's realigning your heart with his heart. And what happens when we stop having margin in our life, one of the first things that goes is our intimacy with God. And the second thing that very few of us has intentional time of is rest. In Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 through 29, he says, Come to me, all you are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in spirit, or humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Check this out. Many of us, when we get busy, when we lose margin, we feel like we can't afford to take time to rest. We don't. Now, God works six days. We find this in Genesis. On six days, he worked creating everything. And what did he do on the seventh day? He took a nap, right? It's okay to take a nap. I'm just saying, praise God for Sunday afternoon, right? I have to go to Yuma today, so I don't get the nap. I shouldn't anyway on I-8, okay? So, uh, but, um, you know, God spent time resting. He, that's what he did. He rested. One of the top ten commandments, okay? Top ten principles for life we have in the Old Testament. It says, you are to honor the Sabbath day and uh, as a day of rest here's what's important here's the deal most of you think that you're too busy or too important than god that's reality we think that we're too important and too big a deal we say you know what you have no idea how important i am i'm a pretty big deal i'm a pretty big deal so I've got a lot going on, God. I don't have time to rest. And what we're saying is, is that God's principles are not true. What we say to God is that you've told us if we'll put margin in our lives, you'll make us more productive and everything else in our lives. If we spend time with you and spend time in rest, then I'll be more productive. We say to God, God, you no, no, no. You don't understand what's going on, Lord. I need to be this busy. Our culture says this, and I've heard this throughout this last year. I've gotten, I've met so many guys that go, you know, I've taken a whole year without taking a vacation, or even I've heard this one. I've got so much vacation time in my company built up, as if it's something to be proud of. 
I go, no, man. You got that kind of time to take off? Take off, dude. <gasps> right? Take off. The reason so many of us are overwhelmed is because we are so empty. I honestly believe that people are trying to fill that God-shaped void in their life by doing stuff, by filling up their calendar. And Jesus says, come to me, all you that are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Come to Jesus. Come to him. All those of you that are weary and burdened, come to Jesus. I will give you rest. I will give you forgiveness. I will give you healing. I will give you eternal life. I don't know about you, but I've already started looking at my 24 calendar. My wife and I sat down just the other day and putting in the calendar for the things we got this year, and I already looked at that and went, oh my goodness, what have we done? And I, we're intentionally trying to figure out now how we can cut some of the things we've got on our calendar. We got too many red lines in our calendar. Too many. And it's not healthy. And so we're having to ask the question, very simple question is, not whether it's good, not whether we have time, but is it wise? Is it wise? And this year, my friends, chances are, you're going to be uh, hit with the tyranny of what everybody else says is urgent. And you've got to ask the question, not whether it's good, not whether you have time, but is it wise? Is it the best use of my time for me to... Uh, so that I if, I, if I do this, will allow me to have more time to invest in others. In the kingdom of God. In the growth of my family. In the growth of my soul. We have to be very careful how we use our time. That's why he says, look carefully at how you should live. Not as foolish, but as wise. Why? Because the days are evil. And the world culture wants to squeeze you in to make sure that you don't have any margin for people, for rest, and for relationship with God. That's the trick of Satan. So at the end of 2024, December 31st, looking back on this year, my prayer is that you go, you know what? I had plenty of rest. I had plenty of time to invest in other people. I said yes to those important things and said no to the least important things. I didn't feel my schedule was just junk. I filled my schedule what was most important. To the furtherance of the kingdom of God, my walk with Jesus, and my investment in other people. That's my prayer for you. Will you pray with me, please? God, I ask that the truth of your word would just penetrate our hearts. That we would truly be careful how we would live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most out of every opportunity, Father, that you've given us. Because the days are evil and they want to pull us off track. So, Father, please forgive us for taking our hands off the wheel and becoming like the rest of the world when you want us to be conformed to the image of your Son, Jesus. And God, I just pray at this moment that the Holy Spirit will speak to the few that are open and their minds are starting to be renewed. God, for those who do not rest, I pray that they would be convicted that one of the most spiritual things that they can do is rest.
and that you will truly, they would, they would truly honor you, Father, with a holy day set aside, free from work, for investment in, in anything else so they can invest in relationships and getting to know you, that that sixth day would be more productive, those other six days. Father, I pray that people would say yes to you today, that 2024, at the end of it, we can look back and say it was a great year. Help us, Father, produce margin in our lives. In your name, amen.